Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories. This is episode number 22. In our last episode, we watched as Jesus ministered to a crowd of over 10,000 people, feeding them with just two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread. That's right, two fish and five loaves of bread. This crowd then follows him as he tries to get some alone time, and he teaches them some of the most difficult of all his teaching, teaching which confuses them and drives some of them away. And oh yes, he walked on the Sea of Galilee too, and he invited the Apostle Peter to do the same, but those results were not quite as good. If you missed all of that excitement, go back an episode and catch up, will you? What happens this week? Well, Jesus has more challenges for the Pharisees and teachers of the law, challenges to their traditions. He'll get away to a non-Jewish region only to be called upon to heal individuals, feed another crowd, this time of 4,000 men plus women and children. Yes, you found Jesus Stories, the podcast which tells the stories of the life of Jesus, leaving you to draw your own conclusions about them. I'm your storyteller, George Taylor. We're glad you found this podcast. If this is your first time hearing us, welcome. But because the previous episode's stories build up to this one, I invite you to return to episode one and listen through to this episode to better understand what you'll hear. If you're a regular listener, thank you. This podcast is made possible because of you. Your donations allow me to spend the time creating, researching, writing, presenting, producing, everything that's required of a podcast. It's really easy to donate if you wish. Just visit our website, jesusstories.info, that's jesusstories.info, and click on the Support This Podcast tab. You'll find a button there to make a donation. There's even a way to set up a monthly donation as little as a dollar per month to help cover the expenses of this podcast. If you prefer to donate some other way, I invite you to email me. I'm at narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. That's narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. Tell me how you'd like to donate, and I'll get back with you. As I said before, Jesus has just completed a very difficult teaching, a teaching which will drive some of his disciples away from him. And now some Pharisees will challenge his disciples' practices, which violate their traditions. We are told that these Pharisees came up from Jerusalem. They followed Jesus, who's now up the road about 70 miles from Jerusalem in Capernaum. They had seen some of Jesus' disciples eating their food with unclean or unwashed hands. You see, the Pharisees held to a tradition passed down to them from their elders to wash before eating. 
And this wasn't just a hygiene practice for them. They would even wash after they came home from the market because they might have come into contact with someone who wasn't Jewish and thus would be dirty or defiled. This washing wasn't commanded by Jehovah God. It was a tradition passed down to them to remind them that the Jews were God's special people and they shouldn't be contaminated by the world around them. But this practice had moved into the realm of an empty ritual. So, because these traditions weren't being kept by Jesus' disciples, the Pharisees challenged Jesus. Why don't your disciples follow our age-old traditions, they ask. They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. (laughs) Jesus doesn't mince words. He calls the Pharisees hypocrites. And then he quotes a scripture to them that they will know from the book of Isaiah. It reads like this. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Jesus is using scriptures they would know and understand, saying that these guys, these Pharisees, are acting just like the people of Isaiah's time. They're acting like they're worshiping Jehovah God, but the reality is that their hearts are not even close to him. Then he shows them an example. He says, you ignore Jehovah God's law and teach your tradition and its place. For example, Moses gave you two commands from Jehovah God. Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. Now, let me explain a little. Part of the Jewish custom for honoring one's parents was to take care of them when they got older. But some would take the monies that might be used to help their parents and pronounce it as korban. Now, that is, it's labeled as an offering or a gift to Jehovah God. It would only be used or could only be used for spiritual purposes. But the one who makes this offering could still have benefit of those monies. Once these monies were pronounced as Corban, this became a vow made to Jehovah God, which could not be broken. This was a stipulation of another law given by Moses. So, if mom and dad needed financial help, these funds could not be used to help them. They were irrevocably diverted to spiritual purposes. So, Jesus says, you allow someone to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. And in this way, the Pharisees allow someone to disregard their needy parents. Jesus continues, And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Jesus then turns to the crowd, All of you listen and try to understand. It is not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. The disciples come to Jesus. Hey, don't you realize that you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Well, I'm sure that Jesus did realize that. So listen to his reply. Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind, and if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into the ditch. 
What is he saying? He is asserting that they are not planted or placed into position by Jehovah God. And since they are not placed by Jehovah God, then they are blind guides trying to lead a blind people. They are blind to what Jehovah God wants of them, trying to lead a people who also don't know what Jehovah God wants. The result is that both will fall into a ditch. Peter then asks him, So explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Jesus responds by essentially saying, don't you get it? Can't you see that what food you put inside your body is not going to defile you? It goes into you and then passes out. Now, remember, this whole episode started with the Pharisees challenging Jesus over his disciples not washing before they eat. And he continues, it's what comes out of a person that pollutes obscenities, lusts, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, depravity, deceptive dealings, carousing, mean looks, slander, arrogance, foolishness. All these are vomit from the heart. There is the source of your pollution. Mark also tells us in his version of these events that Jesus' proclamation that food is not what defiles us also informs us that all food is acceptable to Jehovah God. Jehovah God had declared that there were certain foods which his people, the Jews, could not eat. However, this declaration changes that. From here in Capernaum, Jesus would travel north to Tyre and Sidon. This is a region on the Mediterranean coast, some 45 miles west of Capernaum. It's also deep into non-Jewish or Gentile territory. This is an area where the Pharisees and those who were trying to trap Jesus would not go. Why? Because they would be made unclean by being in contact with those who are not Jews. Jesus has just taught about this issue of uncleanliness. So his presence in this place would underscore the lesson for his disciples. Their presence in this area would not make them unclean. He tries to hide his presence here, but it is impossible. A woman from the area, a Canaanite, comes to him. This woman was from a tribe of people that is among the most abhorred by the Jews. Being a Canaanite, she should not really know who Jesus is or anything about the Jewish scriptures, and being a woman, Jesus should have no contact with her. But here she comes, begging for help. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Her address, O Lord, son of David, indicates that she has knowledge of exactly who Jesus is. But Jesus ignores her. What's he up to? The disciples urge Jesus to send her away. All this begging is bothering them, getting on their nerves. Jesus says to her, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Jehovah God had made a promise to Israel, not to those who were not of Israel, as this woman is, to send a Savior. The woman kneels before Jesus, continuing her begging. Lord, help me. She's obviously desperate for help for her daughter. Jesus responds, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. What is he saying? 
Well, he's saying there are priorities. You don't take food from children to feed your pets. Pets are fed later. My message, he's saying, will eventually come to you as well as to the Jews. The woman tracks perfectly with Jesus. That's true, Lord, she says. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. While the woman accepts her position as second to the Jews, she notes that even the pets find scraps on the floor before they're fed. All this woman wishes is a scrap. Jesus recognizes her faith. Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And the woman's daughter was instantly healed. Jesus travels through this area and then back to the Sea of Galilee. He crosses the sea to the Decapolis, the Ten Towns, another non-Jewish area. This one he has visited before, and he's healed a demon-possessed man. This time, some people bring a man who cannot hear and can hardly speak. They beg Jesus to heal their friend. Jesus takes him away from the crowd so they're alone. He puts his fingers in the man's ear and touches the man's tongue. And with the utterance of one word, meaning, be opened, the man is healed. He could both hear and speak. Jesus tells everyone not to tell about this miracle. But the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. And why not? The crowds were amazed and kept repeating what Jesus was doing was wonderful. They would bring people to him who were lame or blind or crippled, those who couldn't speak, and he would heal them. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking, the crippled were made well, the lame were walking, the blind could see again, and they praised the God of Israel. Remember, these are people who are not Jewish, not Israelites, and they are praising the God of Israel. The crowd continues to gather, and they run short of food. In his compassion, Jesus calls his disciples and says, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. The disciples reply as they had before when Jesus fed the first large crowd. How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asks, well, what bread do you have? The report comes back that there are seven loaves. Jesus tells the crowd to sit on the ground. He takes the loaves, thanks Jehovah God for them, and begins to break them into pieces. He gives the pieces to his disciples to give to the crowd. A few fish were also found. Jesus did the same with these. Everyone eats all they want. The disciples, as they did before, clean up the mess and come back with seven large baskets of leftovers. Then the scriptures tell us that this crowd numbered about 4,000 men. Add the women and children, and you may have over 8,000 people. Jesus sends them home. And Jesus and his disciples cross the Sea of Galilee back into Galilee into a region called Dalmanutha. And this is an area that scholars are still arguing about where it is. Back in Galilee, a contingent of both Pharisees and Sadducees come to Jesus. 
Now, this is a remarkable pairing. While the Pharisees and Sadducees were theological enemies, together they made up the highest ruling body of the temple, the Sanhedrin. When these groups come together for one goal, and this goal is now to test Jesus, we see the opposition to Jesus is definitely growing. So these Pharisees and Sadducees come together to test Jesus. They demand a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. Wait a minute. Hasn't this happened before? Where did we see this before? Well, the Pharisees had made such a request of Jesus before. We saw that in episode 17 of Jesus' Stories. So Jesus gives very much the same answer this time as he gave the last time. Listen to what he says. You have a saying that goes, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at morning, sailors take warning. You find it easy enough to forecast the weather. Why can't you read the signs of the times? Ouch. What he is saying is that the sign you seek is right in front of you. Why don't you open your eyes and see it? Then he continues, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, if that sounds familiar, it's because it is. This is the same answer he gave the Pharisees in episode 17, and I explained that sign in that episode. Go back if you haven't heard it, please. Then Jesus turns on his heels, and he walks away. He and his disciples get back into their boat and cross the Sea of Galilee to the non-Jewish side of the sea. The disciples forgot to bring bread for this particular journey, and Jesus warns them. He says, watch out, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, this confuses the disciples. They wonder if he's talking about the fact that they forgot to bring bread on this trip. Jesus knew they were talking about the lack of bread, so he says to him, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they reply. And when I fed the four thousand with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they say. Don't you understand yet? He asks them. Why can't you understand that I'm not talking about bread? So I say again, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. What was Jesus trying to say that the apostles were having a hard time getting? First, he's pointing out through the miracles that this is not about bread or yeast. Jehovah God can provide the food that is needed for the day, but the apostles need to be aware of the teachings, the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And finally, they do get it. Jesus and his disciples traveled to Bethsaida, a village few miles east of Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee. A blind man is brought to them. The people beg Jesus to help the man. Jesus takes the man by the hand and leads them outside the village. He spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on them and asked him, Do you see anything? The man answered him, Yes, 
I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. So the man was partially healed. Jesus touches the man's eyes again. This completely restores the man's sight. Jesus sends him home with the admonition, don't go back into that village again on the way home. Jesus and his disciples hit the road again. This is a trip that they probably didn't expect. Jesus takes them to the region of Caesarea Philippi. This area would have been the equivalent of taking a ministry into a town known as Sin City in the United States that might be Las Vegas. This area is about 25 miles north of Galilee. It's populated by non-Jewish people. Furthermore, it is the headwaters for the Jordan River. Three springs come together in a cave to form the river. The people of Caesarea Philippi believe that this cave with this water was the gate to the underworld. The gods were thought to travel through these caves and waters from this world into the underworld. Why would Jesus bring his disciples to this location? This must have been a shock to them. If it shocks you, well, I'm going to ask you to wait two weeks to find out the answer to that question. We've run out of time for this episode of Jesus Stories. These Jesus Stories are brought to you by you and the others who contribute to make these possible. With over 22,000 downloads from all across the world, yes, this podcast is indeed going into all the world. And if you'd like to see this type of teaching to continue to reach the world, maybe even where you are, I'd invite you to visit the Jesus Stories website. That's jesusstories.info and click on Support This Podcast tab. A button on this page will take you to a PayPal page for giving a donation. Whether you give once or you make a monthly donation, your gift is appreciated and will be used to keep this podcast going. If you'd rather use another method for supporting this effort, send me an email. My email address is narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. That's narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. Share with me what you'd like to do. And don't forget, we're available on any podcast player. I invite you to leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. And if you'll duplicate that on Apple Podcasts, it will help folks to find us. We're also looking for your feedback on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We're known as Jesus Stories, the podcast there. On Twitter, you'll find us as Jesus Stories Pod. Or just send me an email, narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. And of course, our website has the link to our YouTube channel. The website is jesusstories.info. Next time, we're going to see why Jesus takes his followers to Sin City and meet a couple of Old Testament prophets. Join us in two weeks for the next Jesus Stories episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.